Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the after party. Bro, I didn't go to the after party last time, and I heard that you had to be there. So much happened. You had to be there. I don't know. I was there. It was fine. Bro, you had to be there. Brandon uh, thought it was fine because he turned into a wolf halfway through. Oh. He doesn't remember the rest of it. No. So he just remembers the beginning. But like the part with the wolf there, that was wild. You really did have to be there. I literally just saw a video of someone who had an outdoor wedding and they're like, a bear showed up. And you see the bear like like eating people's food at one table. And then I'm they- I'm so glad you said food. <laughs> and, but then they pan to the table next to them. And the people are still just sitting there eating their dinner. I'm like, leave, no. that's a black bear. But black bears are so sweet and small and don't- No, they fight. are not. All bears are killing machines. No, black bear, you hug. That's the rule. Don't do that. If it's brown, you run. If it's black, you hug. If you're listening to this and you're seeing a black bear as you listen, do not go hug it. That's bad advice. I will go hug bear because bear are my favorite. So Brandon and I got to hug bear. Brandon, there's like like everything you say, there's a small nugget of truth surrounded by the (laughs) gobstopper of insanity you just said. I actually really love the phrase gobstopper of insanity. I'm going to use that now. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. When there's a nugget of truth inside of something insane. It is a gobstopper of insanity. That because- really, that really is the is the ultimate goal of much of my therapy conversations, which is, hey, here are all these behaviors that don't make sense, and in the middle, a little nugget of something that does. There it is. There it is. Uh, is that black bear? Black bears are the most docile and smallest out of all bears. However, you should not hug. Do not hug. <laughs> don't even try to pet it. Don't if go you near could it. hug a bear. It should be a black bear, but you can't because it's a bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Well, what a couple episodes to talk about. As we were playing these, we're like, uh, which episodes go with which after party? Oh, thank God. Oh, good. We can talk about these two together because there is a real, not exactly a cliffhanger, but these are these were a really fun pair for us to play. I'm so glad they, they came out in sequence that we can talk about them together in the same after party. Players, how did you feel listening back to these episodes? Because we're a couple months ahead of release schedule in terms of when we're playing at this point. And in 2022 time, that's about six months that it feels like between when we played them and when we get to celebrate and hear them with the audience. I am still just as frustrated as I was in the moment that it was a fake Gutenberg. Yeah. It still drives me up the wall. It was tough. I really considered at the beginning of that fight just like punching the hologram right away and (laughs) just like to, to test that it was real. I'm sad I didn't. No, instead you decided to figure out a basketball game to play instead. Girl, can we start there? Yeah, let's start there. Yeah, let's start there. Hey, uh, here's a peek behind the screen. Did not have game of chance mechanics written down (laughs) for this. I mean, the only reason we decided to do that was because it was the reveal that Fritz's powers were luck-based, which also led to a behind-the-scenes thing, which is called Bard Watch. Bard Watch! (laughs) Where Julia tries to corner me and tell me that my NPCs are bards. I'm like, he's giving inspiration, Eric. Is he a bard or isn't he? (laughs) Yeah, Julia came over to the studio and fucking, like, pushed me into the corner and put, like, two (laughs) fingers in my chest. I'm like, is Fritz a bard? And I'm like, no, he's not. Are you sure? (laughs) Beating you with a liar. (laughs) Uh, But the best one game was your thing, right? Like, this is the train of thought that made me go like while when I was editing was we went from Fritz is lucky 
to and Fritz also good at sport and from sport. No, no, no. That's what happened in your head. <laughs> Fritz is lucky. What happened in our head? Yeah. Let's flip a coin to see if Gutenberg will just agree to lose completely if they if he loses. Listen, I thought it was worth a shot, people. I thought it was worth a shot. <laughs> the gentleman's wager to. Oh well, it's a N sixty four themed villain. Why don't we do like some kind of video game that he's he wants to play, and he would be enticing to. Here's a game of basketball that's not the arcade game. I don't think it was almost NBA Jam, right? Right, it was NBA Jam. Yeah, it, it was because I. Uh, hey, you guys, uh, short circuited my brain by trying to do this instead of the the fight I had put together. <laughs> Uh, so I guess the thing that I was doing is that Gutenberg would wanted to make it incredibly difficult for all of you. And there's a scene in a movie that I was thinking about this in um, Escape from L.A., the sequel to Escape from New York, the John Carpenter movie that has Kurt Russell as the guy with the eye patch. What? Okay. Yeah. I know yep. Escape from New York. I didn't realize there was a sequel called Escape from L.A., which is sure yeah. is <laughs> buck wild. It is much, much worse. But there is a scene where... Snake Plissken, Kurt Russell's character, gets kidnapped by, like, the big gang there. And what Kurt Russell needs to do is shoot basketballs. Like, he needs to shoot half-court shots, like, one every ten seconds and make them or he dies. And it's very funny and also incredibly, incredibly, incredibly um, ridiculous as it's happening. Uh, so I guess I was thinking about that and also Fritz being there, he was sports related. So I guess like, because you, you said, Hey, let's flip a coin. And if you lose, you fucking leave. I wanted to turn up the difficulty a little bit and making like, who is going to take this shot? What are all of the buffs you're going to put on the person who is going to take the shot? And then we were going to figure it out from there. And I thought like basketball shot, yeah, I, it was like a, it was like a Papa shot slash NBA Jam thing. So he was like, you had to shoot across the 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 warehouse into like a Papa shot, and that was my thinking there. Sorry, editor Brandon, to have to listen to my my processing of this situation while this was happening. No, I, I just I had to like make sense of the three minutes of table talk of ideas that we all had. <laughs> I was so sure that's what was what was going to happen. You had all spent a lot of time doing that, and I'm like, this is what's happening. I guess the fight's not going to happen. And then I, at least I have January in my back pocket. And then Julia was like, oh, wait, I have glasses. That will help me with this. Mm-hmm. Not enough. Didn't help me enough, but helped me know it wasn't January. I mean that's a, that was a big reveal. That was that was enough enough. I, I'm happy you're using your magic items, but I'm just like shit. That was one question from Steph at Stephanie K. What would have happened if Val didn't use the glasses during the boss fight? I mean, it wasn't the real Gutenberg, so it's not like he could have like killed January or anything, but and especially because it wasn't the real January. I think the outcome would have just been the same and maybe we would have done the basketball thing and would have either won or lost, but either way, Gutenberg would have been like, haha, I'm not real and neither is this bunny, and then bounced. <laughs> That's what I do yeah. when I leave a room. I'm not real and neither is this bunny, bye! Uh, yeah, it would have been a lot different. There wouldn't have been a fight. That's exactly what would have happened. If you had won somehow, Gutenberg would have just been like, fuck you guys, and left. But if he had lost, I think there would have been more of a threat of him going directly actually threatening the fake January and yeah. making you all go into a tizzy and then you dive at him trying to save fake January. Like, 
if that had happened, he would have like created a giant sword or chainsaw out of thin air and then like swung it at the fake January ears, I guess, like to make it as gruesome and ridiculous as possible. Just off the top of my head. Horrible. How dare you? I was still reveling a little bit in the fact that you didn't this you still didn't know that January was was not there. Like I knew that the entire time. And like I've been waiting for you all to figure that out. <laughs> I would have been disturbed if you didn't know that the entire <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Like, let's decide now whether or not January Let's take out the there. steaks. Mm, delicious. No, but like I had known as soon as January got captured where all the kidnapped folk were. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. I had been sitting on that for like four sessions oh and I'm gosh. just like, yeah, you all go there as fast. As you can save the victims. Oh, we'll get to it. First, Steph did have a follow-up question. This is probably a who can say, but if Milo were to die, would Anubis own Milo like humans own cats? Would Milo have his own cat tree down there? I think Milo, I don't know, I don't know the answer, but I think Milo would probably be kind of okay with that. Sounds like a fun, nice like life to be a cat or a dog, you know? Just like sleep all day. Get to eat all the good stuff, eating table scraps. Sounds nice. Also, no one can own a cat. That's true. That's true. That's true, Julia. Have you met to now? Are humans the dogs to cats? Hmm. I mean, yeah. It's deep, man. It's like how you know how humans will have the dog go get like the paper or like bring them a beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we are to cats. It's like, aha, I've taught you this cool trick, human. I, I brought yeah. you a beard, cat. Milo has to walk across the shag carpet to the mini fridge on the other side of death (laughs) and pick pick it out and bring it to Anubis. With your teeth. (laughs) Anubis puts the beer on the scale to make sure that it's cold enough. (laughs) You balance balance the sins of someone against the beer. The beer needs to be cold enough against the sins. Julia, that's how mythology works, right? You nailed it. Gotten one. (laughs) I'm bringing this back to some clarification corner from this fight. <laughs> so you didn't back. want to talk about Anubis bringing us back. Bringing us back. Uh, we had some great clarification corner questions from Bernie MPI. One, is Threadbare dead? Did they fail saving throws? And is that why the sort of unraveling thing occurred? And related, this one from, from Deadly Kitten 98 on Insta. The muncher turned back into his human form. And was Threadbare never human? Yeah, in my head, I don't think Threadbare was ever human. In <laughs> kind of the way... Or, you know, the ambiguity of comics. I feel like maybe there was a point where they lost uh, human flesh and became yarn Mm. and uh, unraveled. So is he dead? I don't think he's dead, right? I don't know if, Eric, you want to say, but, like, if I remember correct, I don't think they lost three saving throws. I don't think so. Yeah, I assumed that they weren't dead and just kind of disbanded to go back to annoy us another day. Yeah. That's what I assume, too, yeah. I feel like he's probably could be reanimated. No one's ever dead in comics anyway, you know? Yeah, I mean, no, they no. do, but they always come back. Yeah, like, exactly. No one's ever permanently died yes, in comics. Yes, yes, yes. Death is uh, impermanent in Anubis's world. <laughs> I'm just going to say who can say on that. Oh, Ooh. damn. I did want Threadbare to unravel because I wanted to compare something that we had talked about before. Is like the yarn that Threadbare makes in terms of like the quilt uh, wall, the quilt dome, and the thing that Threadbare swings on, like, that's all the same shit as him. So I guess that is all, that's what I wanted to emphasize there. Gotcha. Not human, made out of yarn, the yarn that holds the bounds of time and space together. He is a yarn person in that way. 
couple more good clarifications from Bernie. Is Wendy over her power anxiety or just devoted to her new friends? Aww. Oh, Wendy. I think anxiety is not a thing you can get over that quick, but I yeah. think Wendy overcame it for us, you know, in that moment. Yeah. Like, you know, when your relative has like a bridal shower or something like that, you don't want to go to it and you have anxiety no. about being in such a big group, but you power through because your family loves you. You sure you do. You know when there's anything that involves other people outside of your yeah. home? Yeah. <laughs> and you overpower yeah. your anxiety to go to it? <laughs> no, it's, it's quite true. Uh, I'm imagining like the one shot comic when someone draws like what Lou, Room, and Wendy ended up doing while you guys were doing your shit. What were they doing? And like you see you fighting Mega Muncher and Threadbare like in the background as they like jump from one warehouse to another. I was thinking about some of my notes that I've written down for like the sneaking episode where y'all had to sneak up to as close to the dome as possible. And there was one where. If you had rolled well, I think either on the one of the ones that you didn't end up rolling like super good on, if you had went into a warehouse, there were like a bunch of workers in there who were trapped. Oh, no. So I like the idea of like them was like stumbling in there and like a bunch of dudes moving boxes were like, oh, shit, it's a mushroom man. Are <laughs> so they trapped, like they... Were they trapped physically or trapped by the capitalist machine because they weren't unionized? Oh. Uh, both, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> so I like the idea that like they unionized and then they helped uh, they told them like a secret way to get get to like there's a back way of getting into the vitamin M factory that those guys knew so I was thinking about that while all of that happened which I thought was very funny cute I love and that. final question from Bernie was the basketball a tech illusion or a spell and if a spell what spell uh, the spell is a level three spell called uh, summon basketball <laughs> <laughs> no not a thing uh, it's in sorry it's in volos guys i don't know what to tell you <laughs> just check it um no it was probably it was a tech illusion one that like gutenberg created but i just thought it was again i just thought it was so funny i really wanted it to happen once we had figured it all out i'm like yeah this is what's gonna happen all right i'm throwing out all my notes it's fine and then automatically I'm like no fuck this <laughs> julia punches gutenberg we all had so many good ideas in order to beat the basketball challenge too like I was going to yeah. cast a uh, heat metal or whatever it's called to expand the, yeah. the, the rim to make it an easier yeah. shot. I think, um, what were some of the other ones that y'all two had? Oh, I don't remember. In my head, I was just like, you guys should just buff Val while they're in a rage so that if it's a strength or whatever, then we'd be good. I could cast jump on myself, that kind of thing. I was just trying to think like, well, like if we have a luck advantage here, like we will, we will never have a better shot. Uh, you know, comparatively, like one role that could get us a really good outcome than this. And I don't know. I, I'm sorry to throw plants out the window accidentally, Eric, but I, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was brilliant and I, I'm sorry it didn't work. <laughs> well, if you're not a patron, go go become a patron so you can hear the bloopers because they are in the bloopers. Our thoughts. They are in the bloopers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all, it was all oops, all bloopers. Oops, all bloopers. Table oops. Can I ask a quick question, Eric? Please, Brampton. What what was the pocket universe thing? Well, where was that? What was it? Do we know? Can you answer? Oh, the one that you jumped through? Yeah. Yeah, so what I wanted to do, I guess I had explained this before, and you all said that I sounded insane, was a Mario Odyssey with Mecha Wiggler kind of barreling through the area and going from one place to the other place using this sort of like Port portal magic shit and I wanted that what was happening outside to also happen inside in the actual warehouse 
So they were just like somewhere else. I guess the thing what I wanted them to do was like they ran through the warehouse and then you had to like get the fuck out of the way, but then they disappeared so that you couldn't stand there and like hit them. So my idea was like they were pretty close by, but they weren't like right outside the warehouse. So again, what what Lou and Wendy and Room had done was like saw them, jumped on them and tried to like grapple them while that was happening. Milo was able to jump through that portal and show up there. So it was just like, I don't know, like a few thousand feet away, but So it was know, a physical it, space. It wasn't like a liminal space. No, it wasn't a pocket dimension. It was like a teleportation portal. Cool, cool, cool. That was tight though. I cannot believe that you uh, the action economy of Dungeons and Dragons is wild if you know what to do. So uh, I, the fact that you were able to do all those things in one action, yeah. and then you hit the DCs on all of that to do them, fucking wild, man. I will say, I don't think it came out quite in the edit, but that was very much like a group call. It was very much like, do this, do this, do this! <laughs> we all got excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> yeah. The question surgeon Michelle Spurgeon would like to know, Eric, were there any ideas slash plot points you had to scrap because your players changed the, the script? Hmm. 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 Uh, yeah, the fucking basketball game was a big one that I think. Here's something I really want to talk about. I've said this before when I was talking about in the time loop when Dez goes to the projector and asks a question that he has to help you. And all of you guys are like, yeah, Des, do whatever you want. Ask a question about your dad. Ask a question that will make you feel good. Like, fuck it. Do whatever you want. And while you were saying that, I felt like I was playing Des as if he was a PC. I was like, wow, I'm feeling really empowered by my party here. I'm going to do something that I'm going to use my brain and help them in this way. And in those moments when Dr. Morrow was standing there seeing Gutenberg and you all talk shit about him and you would talk to Dr. Morrow like about the responsibility of all of this and like how her powers like interacts with the world here and how people were in danger. I also I felt like I was in Dr. Morrow's head, especially when she was reading out Gutenberg's intern form, which I also want to point out, Amanda freestyled. Yeah. That was not written down. Amanda just did that off the top of her head. In the moment, I thought Amanda was reading off of of something. I think you even asked her, like, did did Eric write that down for you? And Amanda's like, no. Well, I was looking at my, I think I looked at, like, my phone or the computer just, like, in character. But no, I was just, uh, you know, listen, I've written lots of intern assessments in my (laughs) time. None of them were that bad. Yeah. That's why I threw it to you. I really wanted you to write that down. I thought that was great. And and while that happened and everything was happening around, I'm like, yeah, Dr. Morrow realized she's caused a lot more problems than she created and decided to make a big move, especially when they realized that the video, that this was being streamed. So I want to say that the actions of all of you put Dr. Morrow in a position that she wanted to do something to kind of take herself out of this story and out of everything that was happening. So I didn't know I was going to do that until we sat down. Wow. There were things and weapons and inventions in that bag, and I didn't touch them. The only thing I'd used was the intern document, and uh, then she put it away. If Dr. Mara wanted to fucking get it on, and especially if she had thought that January was actually in trouble, the fact, so that's another thing. If Julia hadn't used the glasses, Dr. Mara would have pulled out, no pun intended, the nuclear option. Oh, no. Wow. So I think that was a big thing, and I was very, very impressed and moved by the stuff that you had all talked about that I felt like that had changed the, the story in that way. 
It sure would have had been great to have some help from Dr. Morrow in that fight. You're only saying that because you almost died. <laughs> the guy who canonically in his subclass, it's much harder for him to die. <laughs> I guess that's the thing I would love to, I want to ask Amanda specifically this question, that during this fight, you were one brought to a totally different plane of existence <laughs> where you everything was wonderful. And then you were a cameraman, basically. So, like, ha- did you feel... I felt like I was putting, making you complicit in this thing that Dr. Morrow was doing. Oh, really? Which is kind of the thing that Dr. Morrow does. Is like, hey, can you hold my phone while I do this? <laughs> it's very much a Dr. Morrow thing to do. No, I mean, I, I didn't feel removed from the action in an unfair way at all. Like, it was a, con- you know, I failed the throw. Like, I, I, rolled, I rolled like shit in that episode. And as much as I am enjoying my, have totally had them the whole time, stretchy powers, like, I also like participating in the campaign and in the action in other ways. And I felt a little bit like I was able to redeem myself from my complete missed opportunity of calling on Danny in the time fight to think a little bit about that. And I just, I really enjoy that character moment as well. I have no notes. I'm sorry to my compatriots. I wasn't as useful as I probably could have been, but you know, that's the way the dice go. And like, that's the beauty of the game. You know, you, you find yourself in a situation, you have to figure out the best way to contribute to like, you know, you look at the character sheet, what can I contribute here? And sometimes it's role-playing, sometimes it's not to the best interest of everything, but it's what your character would totally do. And I don't know. I felt like I, I got to, you know, do some really fun role playing this episode. There was at no point during that fight that I felt like, man, I wish Amanda was doing yeah. more. Same. So don't worry <laughs> well, about you. that. Without your knowledge of uh, knitting and crocheting and, and fabric, <laughs> I, we that's would true. have never gotten into that silly warehouse. <laughs> That's true. That's when I was like, Eric, I was like, fucking table talk, Eric, you know, I know how to unravel any knitted object. (laughs) (laughs) I also want to say you also got stuck in that position because something I wish had happened is you had activated more of my reactions that I'd given Gutenberg in this boss fight. Oh, that's right. Okay, so yeah, I'll get fucked. I'll get <laughs> fucked over here. So for anyone who is a patron, and you should be, patreon.com slash join the party pod. If you've watched or listened to party planning, our new kind of like behind the screen, you know, how to role play well and and run good campaigns series. For for both GMs and players who play any sort of game, join the Patreon. The first episode we ever recorded was like later that day or the day after we recorded episode 41. And Eric, after we recorded the episode, when we were just chatting and debriefing after after the recording stopped, was like, holy shit, I completely forgot about this entire layer of mechanics that I had set up for this fight and that would have made this a lot harder shit. And so that's why one of the topics that Eric and I talked about in the first installment of party planning is like the care and keeping of your DM, DM regret, you know, what to do when your DM is like, oh no, I poured so much effort into this and then like things kind of went away I didn't plan. Um, so, Eric, tell us a little bit about the legendary reactions and, you know, walk us through that moment for you of ending the fight and being like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of DM regret on this one. I think that uh, so the main thing of how you make monsters hard in Dungeons and Dragons is giving them legendary actions when they act in different portions of initiative other than when they get to go because then it would just be like a bunch of PCs punching and you only get to go once. Um, But what I like to do are reactions. So reactions is a a thing you can do in the 
D and D economy, where like if something happens, someone else gets to do something. So like uh, the PCs do it a lot. I think Julia, Julia, you do it quite a lot. Where it's like, oh, if if this enemy runs this way, I'm gonna tackle them or something like that. Yeah. So I try to justify it a little bit because I think legendary actions, like all of a sudden they get to go again. So the thing that I had regret about is that I do like to hold myself to a high standards of reaction because it's like this guy has done a lot of recon on all of you, right? So his reaction would be specific to things he think you would all do. And uh, I didn't get a chance to activate a lot of it because the wording I'd written down in my notes were different than what played out in the fight. And I'm like, shit, should I have done it anyway? It was very frustrating. So, for example, the one that happened was as soon as Val goes into a rage, Gutenberg says, hey, catch, and throws something that will activate them to go to a reverie in some way. You make charisma saving throws. Um, I had one written for all of you. Aggie, you went to the forest. Milo would have been sent to a Star Trek-style spaceship. Incredible. And Val... <laughs> oh, he never would have come back. He never would have right, come bye. back. Uh, and Val would have been in kind of like an infinite coat rack, like a la uh, The Matrix, you know, like when when all of those guns are revealed to Neo. Uh-huh. It would have just been like clothes and clothes and clothes and clothes and clothes of anything. <laughs> in like a, in a totally white room. Like Val um, would already surprised. owned just one outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, St. Peter would try to get Val to get a new new jacket. Sure. St. Peter doesn't exist. It's Anubis. <laughs> hey, excuse you. <laughs> yeah, it's Anubis. Yeah. But the other thing that didn't happen was, one, if multi-tool stretches, stretches up high towards the video camera, I would have used Tidal Wave as a spell to knock you down. Mm. However, Tuna did it instead of multi-tool. So I'm just like, oh, that's not what I wrote down, and I... Tuna is stealthy enough, and I feel like maybe Tuna made a, a stealth roll or something. That like, oh, G- Gutenberg would have wouldn't have known that. Um, the other thing that I wrote down was when if Kilanova tries to enchant someone, I would have done like a Mega Man style leaf shield <laughs> that would have <laughs> try. I would have tried to reflect the spell back a la a flail snail, which is in the monster manual, cool. and that didn't explicitly happen. It was like a spell. Yeah. There were there were different spells, but it wasn't enchantment necessarily. No, it was. I think that was the thing. You just, we just didn't realize it was enchantment at the time. Right. So, yeah. and then I missed it, and I'm like, fuck. But so I missed it. But you know, when you're playing the game, it's just like it's flying past you, and you try to remember your notes while it's happening, but you want to stay in the moment. So I had a, I had a bunch of DM regret on that. I wanted to make it a little harder, but you know, it is that's how it plays out as it plays out. I had justified it to myself later that Gutenberg had used his big power on putting fucking Mega Muncher in that weird dental cage. Mm. <laughs> and instead he he focused like his legendary action on that and was aggravated by that. So it's like, you know, it plays out in the way that it plays out. Was that a planned reaction that you had that like if Dr. Morrow was injured by someone that wasn't Gutenberg, Gutenberg would punish them for lack of a better word yeah i had had that in my head it was it was like separate from these reactions that are written Mm -hmm. down so like you know there were two different parts of the stat block although you're not reading at the same time those are things so i ended up going with that instead of doing the the flail snail enchantment thing but you know i i feel like that made more sense right like if dr morrow got hurt he would have flipped he would have flipped out because he's as gutenberg said he feels possession over punishing uh, Dr. Morrow for being uh, better than him and making him feel bad. So <laughs> It felt very true to the character in the moment, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, guys, there is much more to discuss. But first of all, I've been recipe testing for Thanksgiving. So I'm just going to go grab some like apps and some stuffing. Did turkey <gasps> leg air fryer. Um, oh, I have little individual pumpkin That's pies with pe- pecan crust. Does that work for you? Yes. yes. That good? Okay. All right. I'm going to grab it. It's so good. Brandon's voice went up 10 <laughs> octaves. I'll be right back. Hey, it's Eric. I've been talking about a lot of fall stuff over the last few mid-rolls here, and I want to shout out probably the thing that I'm the most excited the newest change to fall that we've all kind of agreed on. We've talked all about pumpkin spice, but let's talk about pumpkin flavoring. We've decided from coffee to waffles to pastries and everything between that pumpkin is the new flavor and that is so, so good. I thought I could only have pumpkin if I was going to make myself an actual pumpkin pie, but we've all fucking got on board and that makes me really happy. Welcome to the mid-roll. I got you a pumpkin muffin. It's warm. You should have it. Thank you to all of our patrons joining us on the Patreon, especially to those who's joined us recently. Brittany, Ingrid, Corey, and Lady Evie, welcome. This show is made possible by our incredible patrons, and we could not do this without you. I would literally not be able to spend all this time doing stuff. If I didn't have all of you, thank you, thank you, thank you. If you want to support Join the Party, get access to all of our incredible bonus content and join the best place on the internet, our patron-only Discord. This is your chance when you go to patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. And we are getting so close to the big round number of 500, and it'd be really nice if uh, a lot of you joined. And we got over 500 and maybe more. That'd be pretty cool. I'd love that patreon.com slash join the party pod also you should check out the other shows that are part of the multitude collective i think you'd like the newest olympian is percy jackson the ya series we should have been reading all along other than like bad wizard house school well we're gonna explore that with mike schubert first time pjo reader on his quest to find out in the newest Olympian. Each week, Mike chats with longtime Percy Jackson fans to cover a portion of the series. They'll recap the plot beat by beat, dive into the Greek mythology of the show, and sing the praises of Percy's incredible snark. New episodes are every Monday. Search for the newest Olympian in your podcast app or go to thenewestolympian.com and start listening. We are sponsored this episode by Inked Gaming. Inked is a company built by gamers for gamers and has been at the top of their game get it because it's game we've said game a bunch of times in supplying their customers with world-class products since they first launched back in 2011 from play mats to dice bags and sleeves to dice they are the one-stop shop for quality gaming gear they believe every single person is an individual who deserves games and it's their mission to help you customize the way you want to play All artists and creators featured on Inked Gaming received a commission from products sold with their work, which is rad, and we really appreciate that. As part of the sponsorship of this episode, Team Inked Gaming has given us a special 10% off discount that we're given to you. Head over to inkedgaming.com slash join the party. Pick out some stuff that you really want. I know you all want dice. When you're ready to check out, use the code join the party to receive 10% off your order inkedgaming.com slash join the party use the code join the party to receive 10% off your order we are also sponsored by girlfriend collective they make sustainable ethically made activewear for everyone they have sweatshirts they have leggings they have joggers they have socks they have t-shirts they have outerwear and they have more 
which is more, all made from recycled materials. Their sizes range from extra extra small to 6XL, and they have 100% recyclable shipping materials too. Whether you're working out, running errands, or hanging out at home, these clothes will make you feel comfy. And I've been wearing my sweatshirt all the time that I got from Girlfriend Collective. Yeah, says Girlfriend Collective, but I'm more of a boyfriend collective, and me boyfriend wearing a sweatshirt. A fiancé wearing a sweatshirt. For listeners of the show, Girlfriend Collective is offering $25 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash join the party. How they got the website girlfriend, I don't know. Girlfriend.com slash join the party. That is $25 off $100 or more when you go to girlfriend.com slash join the party. Girlfriend.com slash join the party. Finally, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp Online Therapy. The best way to think about therapy is through a bunch of analogies. We get our car serviced to prevent bigger issues down the road. We see the dentist for our teeth to prevent other cavities and issues. And we give our bones to the bone witch so that she can forecast good things for us on the horizon. Going to therapy is like all of the above, exactly like the all of the above. It is maintenance for your mental and emotional wellness to prevent bigger issues down the road. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Thank you. It's much more affordable than any in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in everything else and not in your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Join the Party listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Join the Party. That is B E T T E R H E L P dot com slash join the party. And now back to the show. All right, guys, I'm back. What do you think of the sumac rubbed turkey legs? Oh, I mean, it's so good. Did you did you dry rub this? Uh, I did a 48 hour dry brine in the fridge. Smart. And then we got our friend's air fryer when he moved to Vienna. And it fit the whole turkey in there? Damn. Fit a a turkey leg in there. Whoa. Got to do it in parts. That's what Sola taught me. Mm. It's Mm. like a a fair park, fairgrounds turkey leg. I put a butcher, some butch paper around it, walked around my apartment with it. It was so good. (laughs) Incredible. Uh, It's like you were at Disneyland. mm -hmm. After he moved to Vienna, we had talked to talk to him we're like wow we really liked having the air fryer thank you for giving that to us and like and then he said oh did it smell like fish and we're like what and he's like oh yeah i tried to air fry a fish in there and it didn't go that well and it still smelled like fish we're like thank you Thanks. He, he's a real like i hate how the smells do you want it kind of friend <laughs> what, <laughs> what yeah. a weirdo <laughs> yeah i feel like if i was a bad friend and this person was a bad friend i would just start spraying his items that i personally Ooh. want with like weird <laughs> sprays so he'd be like this smells bad do you want it? i'm like yes thank you oh thank <laughs> you i do bold should have done that your Damn, 401k smells like a fish you want to give it to me <laughs> oh, thank you oh sure yeah. Uh, I think your 401k is actually really ugly, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think this is an untapped area of grifting that I would encourage people to try. It's very funny. Only to only to bad for only people who are bad though. <laughs> So, guys, as we get into episode 42, Jazziao on Insta asked a question that I thought was a really lovely way for us to begin. What was it like for each of you to play this campaign from the perspective of NPCs? Did it help you understand any of the characters and NPCs better? And will that impact how you play your PCs or, for Eric, NPCs moving forward? 
Amanda, I think that's the best question for you to start mm-hmm. with, seeing as you just fully embodied Emily Slaughter for a good five minutes. I did. I had a real out-of-body experience. Someone also asks later, uh, am I okay? Because (laughs) that moment really seemed to hit. And I will say, uh, I was extremely stressed and not having a good time during (laughs) playing these two episodes. But I feel like I tried to channel it as much as I could. Not because of the game, to be clear, just like life and work. But I was able to, you know, like lots of good role playing, channel it healthfully into the character that I'm playing. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm glad it was useful slash funny because it, it was uh, it was therapeutic for me in a way. I think it's, um, I'm going to start pointing out moments that I'm going to call no edit Amanda's. This, this, this was a no edit Amanda. Oh, thanks. But Just let her occasionally go. Occasionally we get a no edit Amanda mid roll and it's like, it's like a little present for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Thank you. Sometimes I'm editing it for the after parties. And I'm like, is she going to do it? She's going to do it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be no cuts. <laughs> I have the same exact fucking thing in my head. Yes. <laughs> I love the idea of you two being like people in a baseball dugout. You know, yeah. like if, when the pitcher has like a perfect game or a no hitter going, you like leave, you like don't talk to them. You don't look at them. So I like the idea of you're like, if I don't say anything, Amanda's going to keep having nice tape for another two minutes. <laughs> Aww. I hope we didn't psych you out by telling you that. Uh, Brandon has mentioned before, like, ah, nice, no edit mid-roll. So I, it is in the back of my head. And when I do have to stop, I'm like, all right, well, not going to be one of these. But I did recently keep a tasty blooper in there for Brandon. Oh, yeah, I, I had mistyped someone's name. It was like it was like the name Jason. And then I typed, like, Vason. And I'm like, that that feels wrong. And it was like I had to Kyle. stop the recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it was Kyle. It was Kyle. Yeah. And I wrote Gile. And then in, on the tape, I was like... That can't be right. And then I stopped it, looked at my email. It was Kyle. And then it came back and I was like, Brandon, normally I'd re-record this, but I'm just going to leave it because the name was just Kyle. Yo, shout out to Gile. We really love our patrons. But how about everybody else? I loved the chance. I mean, I, I love every part of this. This felt like some of the world building episodes where we all got to like ask questions and be Brandon's intern, you know, in episode one or like toss our kind of thoughts into the world building of Lake Town City. But this to me is like the example of why I love the show and campaign two specifically so much. So Julia, Brandon, how did you guys feel about this episode? No, I loved it. I I don't think I embodied any NPCs just per, per chance, but I really loved the uh, sort of like hand on the ball or like um you know like sharpie that we get to mark on on your notes for a moment eric you know because <laughs> mm-hmm. like we got to create some things we got to like yes and some things that you've laid down and like they have consequences and like for a moment we don't have to think about like the consequences for our individual characters we just get to be like what's cool and fun let's fuck it up <laughs> well let's talk about that brandon because you created an invisible npc <laughs> you did you did we're gonna have to deal with the consequences of that moving forward i yeah. bet but we we don't us three players don't our characters do <laughs> yes but as as the players of those characters we do but i just remember listening back to it and being like brandon why <laughs> like in the I, moment it didn't strike me i was like it's oh, yeah, fun an invisible bad guy whatever now i'm like oh uh-uh. fuck uh-uh. really I think, I think i slightly panicked in that moment and also i just think i i have like a cartoon brain sometimes and it's just really funny for <laughs> like when the camera pans off like it's been a very intense scene for like 10 minutes and the camera pans to a corner and it's just a guy eating chips that yeah. gets me every time <laughs> <laughs> confirmed that was very funny for me and i agree with you brandon (laughs) there's a a thing of what you're saying i 
you get to come in and write all over my notes. But then it's like you came over and wrote in my notes. And when I look at it later, it's like, why did Brandon write down his social security number here? <laughs> and then I'm like, all right, well, I guess he wants me to uh, open a uh, identity thieve him. I will, you know? Eric, did this go how you expected? What were you thinking? How were you planning this episode? Where did the idea for these mechanics come from? I had been wrestling for a while of how we were going to tell the story of what happened because I started to feel a little bad over time that like, oh, this is such a bait and switch in so many ways. Like Gutenberg was explicitly bait and switching all of you by one, he wasn't actually there. And two, the kidnappees weren't there either. They were in the uh, in underwater base in between Vermont and New York the entire time. So like I wanted to give you all agency in telling that story and being a part of it uh, i had tried to like write like i was going to be like do i want to give them character sheets for npcs like but no that would have been too much so i ended up thinking about this in terms of a world building exercise or tabletop rpg which is why i pulled together bro you had to be there and i've been thinking about wyvern so much now that we brought him into main <laughs> canon and i'm like i need to use him more and he felt like the perfect unreliable narrator for us to tell this story the ask questions and see what happens game is kind of my favorite short tabletop RPG. Um, this is very much was inspired by A Quiet Year by Avery Alder. And then the work that I'd done turning A Quiet Year into RPG City Planner. I'm like, oh, you're just asking questions. Like, that's it. And then just writing up those questions, letting you roll on a table to see what happens. Some of the questions are answered. Some of them aren't was very, very fun for me. And then adding the extra mechanic of, bro, you had to be there was very fun for me. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, I loved it. It was so much fun. The idea of getting to go on someone else's turn, I think, was the thing that got in my head. That, like, you could use it, the exaggeration token at any time. I loved a lot. Yeah. Um, I also have cleaned up, bro, you have to be there. And the link is in the episode description. Uh, so you can check that out. I'm going to post it on Tuesday as well. So all patrons are getting a notification for it. Anyone can access to it. And I'm going to clean it up. And I'll, I'll also give a little bit of guidance at the bottom for using something like this in your own campaign because I'm going to use the actual text of what I had written down and so you don't have to put wyvern in your campaign <laughs> but you should yeah but you should, you should but you yeah should. and Julia I love that you kind of broke the seal on using that mechanic so how did you enjoy playing episode 42 I thought it was great I really really enjoyed it I like Brandon I didn't feel like I was embodying any of the characters I felt like I was kind of just like the guy in the corner with chips watching everything happen and being like <laughs> oh man how, how did that happen? See, it got me again. Just thinking about it, it got me. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what to do uh, to hit Brandon's funny bow. This is great. Uh, there is some dramatic irony I thought was very fun. I was very intentional. I think it is intentional about this game is that you need to have the story and people participating in the story at the same time. So the dramatic irony of Wyvern thinking Aunt Min was was Val's grandma and mom and that Aunt Min was a good person and they should take their job was just like I intentionally leaned on that hard because I'm like, yeah, Wyvern doesn't know. He's a fucking idiot. He just likes that this like this woman is giving him attention. Yeah, and I mean, that was one of my favorite mechanics of the game was being able to like flash forward back into present and mm -hmm. have our characters mm -hmm. react to the shit that Wyvern is telling us. Yeah, so, like, it was Val really being good. like, you fucking idiot. How did you not get killed by Aunt Min by calling her a grandma? It was very fun for me. 
I think this is classic, like Eric Silverjoint TM DMing of like taking a, you know, sitcom flashback episode or a procedural flashback episode and, and applying it to a D&D game. Like I, I, it felt so natural. I love this so much. And I think because much of my RPG experience has been with Eric designing the game, I probably take for granted that this happens a lot, but like this is the shit I'm here for. This is so exciting. I love mm. it so much. More of this. Yes, please. Grabby hands. <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of grabby hands. It was good. Uh, I've been thinking, I've talked about this a lot, but I've been thinking a lot about the way that serialized cartoons have been told, like Batman the Animated Series or Batman Beyond or Teen Titans, and also how this relates to how anime is told. How, like, sometimes you leave the main people and go somewhere else. And this is something I think that Dungeons & Dragons and these games that we play uh, are able to do as well. So I wanted to do this. As long as you have a game mechanic for it, like, we just need to give you 60 minutes of storytelling. And, like, however we do that is kind of just, like, up to us. You know what I mean? So being able to do it in these fun ways has been uh, very freeing and is kind of nice. Evity asks on Instagram, do the events of Brew You How to Be There change what happens in the future? I mean, totally, right? Like, this is all this is all real. This is all happening. Invisible guy exists now, so. Yeah, true. It is interesting, because, like, yes and no, right? Because, like, technically no, because technically it already happened. We're just describing right. what already happened, right? <laughs> but the details. A very important part of this mechanic is what everyone is safe already. How did it happen? Mm-hmm. So, Brandon, you're touching on why this this is in. I didn't want you to be like, hey, like, so do all the kidnapped folks die? Because, like, that eliminates all the stakes because you're going to say, no, why would any of them die? I love all of them. <laughs> right. So, like, you need setting the parameters of the game is very important. And I think that that's why you could all have fun doing buck wild shit. Because ultimately, the end of the game is who saves the day, who comes becomes the hero is very important. That's, like, literally the end. Mm-hmm. So I think that, uh, Brandon, you're you're hitting on something that's integral to this this particular game and the storytelling technique. I mean, to be fair and not to be too much of a tease, but who can say, I will say <laughs> that we might have seen in like the episodes that we've already recorded some of the things that mm-hmm. were mentioned or established sure. in this episode come to fruition. Some of our favorite things. Mm. Can we talk? Uh, can we talk about the Sommelier and Shannon Redwine? <laughs> we definitely can. We definitely I mean, we can. can. But I feel like we should talk about it more later. I know there's there's a there's a bit of a who can say vibe here, and I will just flash forward into spoily corner with Nepona Multiverse, whose very very prescient question is: Now that the Sommelier and her red wine have a taste of heroism, do you think she'll kickstart her own Heroes for Hire company, or possibly team up with our other lovable soups against a shared enemy? Who can, who can say? say? Who can say? I also want to give. I like to do this every once in a while. Like, this is the power of tabletop storytelling, right? Me rolling a nat one. Well, for let's go all the way yeah, back, right? All the way back. The sommelier showing up in a little black dress. Then it made Julia <laughs> being like, what the fuck are you doing here? Julia then knew she was work for hire. Julia decided to activate on that. I rolled a nat one, which made her go to this place. But then I also rolled on whether or not she knew where the kidnapped folk were. That's another thing I had done behind the scenes. Who could figure out where the kidnapped kids actually were? Because you guys didn't know, but she figured it out because Emily Slaughter was helping Tough Stuff at the time, telling her where to actually go. And then they ran into each other and that's what happened. And now everything is everything is starting to change. 
in this very way. Just from Julia making a good perception check in my nat one, this story, even if it's a sea story, has diverged very uh, like, dramatically, very acutely and dramatically. Unfortunately, yeah. now it's the A plot, and now we're just living in this power couple of mm-hmm. <laughs> Shannon <laughs> Redwine and tough stuff. And speaking of consequences, Evity also said, does Emily Slaughter lose credibility because she lost face here? Gosh, I hope so. Gosh, Gosh I, I hope, hope so. so. Gosh, I hope so. More like Emily manslaughter. Manslaughter is less than slaughter, right? What's less than slaughter? <laughs> I don't know. Like bodily harm? Grievous yeah. injury? Yeah. Emily grievous injury. <laughs> Emily misdemeanor. Emily misdemeanor. There it is. Shout out to the real Emily Slaughter. I love your name. You're perfect. This is wonderful. Yep. I also want to give extra credit. I'm going to ha- shower more praise on Amanda oh. for embodying oh, Emily Slaughter. Because, like, the thing I was worried about was someone going in a different direction that I had not seen that I thought was out of character for folks but none of you did and you all killed it but like everything you did is emily slaughter her losing her mind and her being on edge and like taxonomy fucking up and not and like she's stranded and only has like one of her team and everything is falling apart like that all made total sense that she would lose the facade and just kind of break Mm -hmm. there and i'm just like yeah i'm so glad i didn't have to play that scene like i'm glad that didn't come out of my brain and someone else did it and it was on point so that was that was a very wonderful surprise for me. Hey, Wyvern job, falling in love with Monty. It was very in character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing back Monty. Oh my gosh, the whole Monty third act of that episode. Oh my god, I was so hoping Monty would show up. Yay. I, putting him, putting y'all in the river was just that. <laughs> was waiting. Was one Monty to showing up, and and the fact that Vermont and New York, neither of them had jurisdiction, <laughs> so they both couldn't help you. <laughs> were the two jokes I hope would show up, and both did, and I was so happy. We also had a really fun thread in the Discord between uh, Blue Spectre, Athena Vine, and Allie about did Dr. Morrow in January, like, did they cuddle when they got home? Athena was like, during Bro, you had to be there. Was Dr. Morrow just watching January sleep? Allie wants to know, does January have a stuffed animal to cuddle, like a stuffed bunny or a giant stuffed carrot? Stuffed carrot. And Athena finally caps this whole thing off by saying, can I put forward, Dr. Morrow has a carrot onesie in which to cuddle January. Oh, yes. Are we just excellent elevating canon? canon? Yeah, yeah, that's right? all canon. It's just all canon, right? All canon. Is that like me being cuddled by someone in a cheeseburger outfit? <laughs> yes. yes. I love that. Or, or are you wearing a cheeser? Oh, no, Dr. Morrow is wearing the onesie? Dr. Yes. Morrow is wearing the onesie. Oh, okay. I understand. No, I like that. That's very good. It's adorable. Getting into some game and character questions, the question surgeon Michelle Spurgeon says, doesn't Gutenberg realize that having Dr. Morrow step down only gives her more time for science? But now she has less political power. Less political power. That's true. Do you need political power when you have all that science, you know? Yes. It's a real Iron Man 3 situation where she's doing science, but she's sad. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, the problem is, Brandon, we have this Office of Technological Advancement that kind of controls the science that comes out of Lake Town City. So, yeah, she does need some political power to kind of be like, I do science, whatever I want to do. And they can't say yes to that. I have a response to that, but I also want to say mad science, more like sad science. Oh, my God. There you go. Wasn't that the tagline of Iron Man 2? Yeah. (laughs) No, he's really sad. But I wonder, because I think you're right, Julia, while Dr. Morrow had political office, I bet she felt like she had to be understanding or um, hospitable to the OTA. But 
without political power, she's just a regular private citizen. So go full full Iron Man. Ignore ignore the Soviet Sokovia Accords. Who can say? <laughs> Presumably a really rich one though. Mm. So we don't know. We don't know what Doctor Morrow's immediate future looks like. Who can say? Who can say? Yeah, she's gonna grow a goatee. Oh, hell yeah, dog. <laughs> She'd look great with a goatee, let's be honest. No, oh, that's 100%. true. That's true. Also from Dr. Spurgeon, how much coffee did Carmen drink while nervously waiting for the LT3 to respond? <laughs> so much. So much. I, I, probably I, is nighttime. She probably like switches to kombucha at some point and like has a perfect ecosystem of both coffee and kombucha. <laughs> <laughs> like repairing the damage done to her esophagus. I want to give a shout out to the two Nat Ones, Brandon and Amanda Rolls. Yep. <laughs> Truly incredible. We did that. We did that. Uh, and it's just like you both lost I couldn't think of what it was so improbable I couldn't think of what it was and be like oh you two lost your fucking phones you idiots <laughs> like I, I just didn't know what else to do it was so funny my favorite thing that episode was how Julia said like that can't be canon <laughs> their pockets are perfect Multijool has so many pockets how would she lose her phone <laughs> delivery was so perfect <laughs> And only and only two nat ones at the same time would have had multi tool lose something of hers. Truly, truly. I also like the idea that like any maybe if multi tool drops something, but she can like stretch and grab like the falling object before it hits yeah. the ground. Yeah, yeah. I know, not quite the flash, but I can like get there quick. Napona asks if the sommelier had a D and D class, what would it be? I mean, we she might actually have one. We don't know about that, Napona. I understand what you're asking, and I want to meet you at the fun fan thing that you're saying here. And I think that there is a rogue or a fighter archetype where you always have a, a weapon on you that they could do. But I also want to say that the fun thing about NPCs is I don't have to adhere to classes. Fair. Julia. So he's not a bard. <laughs> hard so, Fritz is, so Fritz isn't a bard, and a lot of these folks don't have, like, I, I make set blocks and I give them abilities. So the, honestly, the fact that I don't have to adhere to that is uh, incredibly flexible and freeing and the best part about being a DM. So I want to say none but a fighter who always has weapons on them. Got it. And I want to say that I thought you meant like classroom class. And in my head, it was like a paint by numbers wine D&D class. <laughs> also good. Like because a sip and paint? my brain is not good. No. Stitchy06 on Insta says, how does Lake Town City select a new mayor? Good question. Great question. We tell we actually we will touch on this a little oh, bit. That's true. I, I have thought about this. So get ready for uh me explaining political world building like episode one of Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh the trade union comes in. And... Yeah, we're gonna talk a lot about the interdimensionalist trade union, how the Gungans fit, fit in. It's gonna be a whole episode. If there's not Gungans in our campaign, I quit, Eric. Bray would like to know, are Monty and Champ, Lake Champlain's resident lake monster, friends? Do they hang? Are they dating? Oh. They're dating. 100% dating. Like, They're 100% dating. Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. What, what would their potential like offspring look like? Well, just because they're not that serious at Brandon. <laughs> yeah. And we don't I'm know if they out. want kids. They're You're right. Out. I they, have they, live, they live near each other. They're figuring it out. They're having fun. I like the idea that this is like a pundit square that like either it's giant mountain lobster or Loch Ness monster-esque like plesiosaur yeah. like there's it's not a combination of the two it's one or the other like you know when you see when sometimes like Kermit and Miss Piggy have kids and then there's like three small pigs and three small frogs it's like that 
It's pretty, it's pretty cute. That is my least favorite trope in all of cartoons. <laughs> is whenever it's like, oh, these two different species animals had kids together, and all the girls look like the mom, and all the guys look like the dad. I hate that. Yeah. It's my least favorite. Thing. I know. I mean, some, something about Champ and uh, and Monty being in a relationship is inherently queer. So I, I think we can just <laughs> we can just you know queer this whole trope and say that they'll adopt a bunch of they'll have a bunch of like found family, more like a drag house than like a, a biological <laughs> offspring. They they like adopt a bunch of other like cryptids from across the world. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Adorable. Yeah. yeah. The New Jersey Devil is in a tough situation. So yeah. The yeah. New moves upstate. They run like a mutual aid network. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> Caffeinated Graham on Insta says, as a type 1 diabetic, I've now headcanon January is diabetic and we love to see it. <laughs> Adorable. Yeah. January yes, sure. is diabetic. Oh. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> I didn't think of it at a time, but like, you know, there's health complications from uh, changing your whole diet and becoming sure. uh, vaguely human. Yeah. So yeah, 100%. The only thing we didn't want to do was like, it wasn't that we didn't want to make January diabetic, it's that we didn't want to put January the diabetic in a situation without their insulin because that's not fun. Exactly. Yeah. That's terrible. No. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I think instead what has happened is that January is diabetic and Dr. Morrow, just over the course of a weekend, bought the insulin patent, made it all free, like kind of solves all the insulin distribution uh, problems that yeah. exist. It's now like very easy free and like kind of chic to like have your insulin pump you know mm -hmm. yeah. it's called minsulin now she okay. added an m to it she reverse engineered how to make insulin so the oh, current yeah. so the current patent get out of the patent right thing. it's yeah, obsolete yeah, yeah. and yeah. then she and then she universalized yeah, she it. made oh, minsulin oh no there you go no yeah. <laughs> it's free Olivia As 19 on Insta said, what would the PC's bro you had to be there dramatizations be from earlier episodes? Like if you could go back in an earlier episode and do a bro you had to be there, what bro, would Bro you had to be there. There was this nerdy ass motherfucker at this thing. And then all of a sudden there was a panther there and he looked like scared, but not surprised. That's true. <laughs> That's really good. That's rude. That's really good. Uh, how about, uh, here's one. Yo, you had to be there. Uh, John Paul was holding the N64, and then instead of talking about it, Amanda was like, I'll punch it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bro, you had to be there uh, on the weekend when Milo was off duty. He just went down to the lake and, and did some like water skiing behind Monty for fun. I see. Damn, mm -hmm. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Damn, I like how yours was was not having any drama involved. It was <laughs> yeah. just a beach day. Just a cool thing Milo did. Mm -hmm. Just a beach day. Bro, you had to be there one time. Um, Quinn was using her sticky powers to sabotage some bros' game of beer pong, and they kind of caught on. But then she started a more intense drinking game named Tequila Pong, and uh, <laughs> by the end of the night, uh, no one remembered. Amanda, you can't just use stuff from my personal past. That's not fair. That's why I changed tequila, not whiskey, Julia. I'm looking out for you. <laughs> don't play beer pong with liquor. It's a no, terrible don't do idea. It. Don't do it. Don't do it. Well, tell that to me 10 years ago, Brandon. <laughs> and that's why Julia can't look at brown liquor anymore. It's true. It's true. It's true. Let's move on to some podcasting and IRL questions, which I always love. So please, more of these. Blue Spectre in Discord said, I need to know why there isn't a January plush for sale. Ideally, two, because summer and winter types. Blue Spectre, <laughs> the only reason is because it's very expensive to make plushies. It takes a very long time, and you have to order, like, literally 500 or 1,000 of them in order to, like, get a stuffed animal made. We've looked into it. Maybe we'll kickstart or something like that. 
Yeah, I was going to say, if you guys want to do like a, a fan funding thing where you find somehow find the money and we'll make it happen. But yeah, otherwise. Yeah. Oh, that's not a bad. That's not a bad idea. Doing a we could theoretically. Yeah, we could do like a like a long term pre-order, like do pre-orders. And then like six months from now, we have the plushies. So listen, I'm not saying it'll never happen. Just that it's like logistically complicated. Yeah. I think that's what they did with the pawpaw plush for. That's true. Yes. Pod. Yeah, especially now with uh, supply chains, <laughs> everything is the supply chain. Yeah, it's true. I also, I do want to say though, even if there are January plushies, uh, maybe there's merch uh, coming from Join the Party. Who can say? Who can say? Who can say? There's no merch coming. Eric, are you okay? <laughs> no. Yeah. All right. Let me. Let me. Maybe it's to do with January. Okay. I tried it low. Does that say. work? Is that is that good? <laughs> well, maybe there, maybe there's stuff happening uh, as the holiday season, and then maybe after that, there's also new merch. We have a lot of different new merch coming. Eric, where did you go? Where's <laughs> January's just here. <laughs> I turned into helium. I like when I'm nervous. I also turn into clouds, like Milo. <laughs> so I turned into a cloud, and that's my cloud voice. But uh, yeah, just keep an eye on it. Merch, merch in the holiday season, and then afterwards in 2022. Yael, Swarm Keeper of Lawn Gnomes on Discord, says, "Did Amanda actually send herself a certificate declaring that this Discord is the best place on the internet? <laughs> Can we see it? I haven't, but you're welcome to send one to us at jointhepartypod.com. <laughs> you can click on contact, and our address is there. You can send us stuff." <laughs> Thanks. So I'm just gonna just gonna put that right back on you guys. Uh, Bray <laughs> would like to know: as spoopy season comes to a close and winter festivities approach, can we expect another collection of Lake Town City themed winter songs from Eric this year? Also, will Taylor Swift be making an appearance with the imminent release of Red (parentheses Taylor's version)? Well, I'm gonna have to do it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to look back at the Patreon post where I wrote more and make sure I don't That's do true. other ones. And then you all need to tell me Christmas songs that exist. <laughs> have you have you burned through the uh, Hanukkah music canon? Oh, uh, no. Maybe I can do a crazy nights of all the Jews in Lake Town City. Uh, I love that. I love that. All I want for Christmas is room. Bah, 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 bah. Oh, I love it. Uh, I'll do I that. just want to say, everyone out there who's listening, go tell Hero Forge that you want another uh, Slam episode so we can play a holiday themed Slam. Thanks. That would be great. I want to do me a Christmas personally. or a Thanksgiving one. That'd be fun. Hanukkah Slam would be pretty fun. Hanukkah Slam. Kind of rounds of combat when you think about it. That's true. It's going to be a lot of. Menorah autocrits on. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> On flame spells. It's going to be a lot like Full Court Miracle, the <laughs> the Disney Channel original movie about a Jewish high school's basketball team that's related to the Hanukkah story. Y'all need to watch this. Julia's making a face. Yeah, you need to watch this fucking thing. It. It's up there with the Rugrats Hanukkah episode as like most important Jewish media of the last 40 years. Vishnork on Discord would like to know, do you have a timeline for this campaign? I was getting, we're wrapping this up vibes, but now I'm not so sure. It's a good question, Vishnork. I would say that we are firmly, I, I think, in like the kind of third act of the story. I feel like there have been some important reveals and shifts. There may or may not be more coming in the next few episodes. Uh, look out for it. But I don't if, think so. What happens, Amanda? I don't remember uh, anything uh, wild. Who can say? Who can I don't know. Fine. No, no, no. Right, everything's, everything's fine. fine. Nothing everything's weird fine happens. Everything's fine the same and as it was. Um, nothing changes. Guys, uh, let's just spoil it. January gets a mech suit. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, you can't could. say that because now I want it. Now I want it. Well, listen, whenever and if if and when we have a final battle, January better fucking show up in a mech suit, Eric. Okay. I will be disappointed if it doesn't happen. It write it down. Carrots. January in a mech suit. You write there it you down. <laughs> uh, it's in my Julie, it's in my brain. It's definitely happening. 
Anyway, we're it, I completely share Bishnork your feeling that like we are picking up steam, stuff is happening, this this train is moving towards some kind of conclusion, but we can definitely say that like there will be a campaign 3. We love Lake Town City. We're not going to ch- close the chapter on it for it never to come back. So, we're figuring out those details, but more to come, we promise. We are thinking about what happens after campaign 2. We are actively having these conversations. So, and it I'm, will definitely be stuff. I'm writing on whiteboards. I'm putting together flow charts. I'm texting Brandon at 2 in the morning. It's it's all <laughs> His time or your time? Both. I wake up at 2 a.m. to a sex that just says, Legos? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's our next campaign. It's a Lego campaign. Legos. Yeah, it's a Lego movie. Only... D&D. <laughs> Only we we haven't gotten the sponsorship, so we have to call it Legoom. <laughs> It's just about the beans. bean campaign. It's the bean campaign, That's yeah. True. Also, uh, this is a perfect time for us to reveal that Chris Pratt is voicing someone no! uh, in the Lego <laughs> campaign. Yes, they do like Did you lasagna. see he's Garfield? He's Garfield, oh, no. too? Yeah. Oh, no. He's Garfield. Why? Why are we doing that again? Did they oh, not yeah. learn from Bill Murray's Garfield? Yeah, Tale of Two Kitties is in my, is in my canon. I don't know why we would take that away. <laughs> All right, folks, let's let's bring this train into its terminus. That's what you call the last stop on a train line, by the way, if any, any train heads out there. Let's do the spoily corner. First, what is the invisible guy's superhero name? Ooh. We don't know. Who can say? Who can say? Who can we say? don't know. We haven't met him. We haven't met him at all. He just showed up for like one panel. So let's see if he comes back. Did he show up though? He's there in every panel. You just can't see him. Great question. Good point. Good answer, oh, Brandon. Good damn. answer. Good answer. If you put your comic under a black light, you will see him making <laughs> lewd gestures in every frame. <laughs> yeah, he's doing the jerk off motion the entire time Emily Slaughter is talking. That's very funny. Dashiell on Insta is Fritz the Knight of Mirrors. Who can say? And at the same time, Little Miss Marty One on Insta is the Knight of Mirrors Gutenberg. No. We can't say, guys. God, I hope not. That would be terrible. Bogwitch on Insta, great username. Is there an alt universe in which the Dr. Morrow thing ends differently? Butterfly effect? Uh, Yeah, I I said it. (laughs) I I lay that out for you. Yeah, there's 100% a world where Dr. Morrow takes out a very powerful weapon from her bag and shit goes down. Deadly Kitten 98 on Insta. Is Dr. Morrow going to question whether or not she should stay with the group now that she's experienced losing January? Who can say? Who can say? Sarabara, now that Dr. Morrow has no other reason to interact with normal people, ask the mayor, will she lock herself in her lab and create something cool and dangerous for months and months? Will the LT3 see her only when snacks are involved like a 3 a.m. gremlin? Almost certainly. <laughs> Almost certainly. Yeah, no, that's that's very close. And finally, Kristen Chapapas on Insta. What holiday parties is Aunt Min going to invite Wyvern to now that they are best friends? None of them. He's not allowed to go to any of them. Julia, is there like an obscure Roman Catholic feast that Aunt Min is going to try to invite Wyvern to? I mean, is he getting invited to the Feast of the Seven Fishes on Christmas Eve? It sounds pretty. That sounds pretty right. Wyvern's Hopefully. old enough to party. That's what we learned this episode. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's what he says. Yeah, just like McLovin. Wyvern has an has an ID that just says Wyvern on it. He's from Hawaii and he's twenty nine. <laughs> this is our episode uh, just before Thanksgiving, so I do want to wrap up and have all of us say uh, the Thanksgiving dish that we love the most. Thanksgiving is my problematic fave. It is my favorite holiday, although all the things that it comes from is terrible. But I love cooking and I love fall foods and fall weather. So, uh, hey, what uh, what Thanksgiving foods are you guys looking forward to? 
I always do a scalloped potato and mm. fennel recipe every year, and it's oh, like fuck. my favorite thing to eat and also to cook. Please send that to me. Okay. I want that. I don't even like fennel, and I want that. I don't even like fennel either, but it tastes delicious in this meal. <laughs> is it go. like the the um, the the burly part of the fennel is the like bowl. in with the yeah. potatoes? Yeah. The okay. Burly you you the slice burly it really part. thin, and you saute it with some onions. I guess Amanda, yeah. if you were gonna make it, you just would yeah. leave out the onions, and it's just like gooey and crispy at the edges and delicious, and it's great, and it's also something that you can make like the week before and just yeah. heat it up in the oven day of. Yeah. That sounds really good. Nicole Perkins, uh, with whom Multitude Makes This Is Good For You, had a recipe in a recent episode of her podcast for like Southern turkey gravy. And it involves like cans of soup, you know, and like soup mixes that you put in with like turkey bits and turkey stock. So I am very into that. As a kid, we would get like jarred chicken gravy that my mom served with a baked chicken like two nights of the week every week and so that kind of flavor of like Campbell's soup backed gravies is very nostalgic to me Mm -hmm. so I definitely want to try that this year tight yeah my mom used to make that same thing too it's just like MSG and salt in a liquid form and it's delicious hell yeah dog we are packing our MSG to put in our turkey brine (laughs) this year our dry brine so yeah our our turkey improvements are going to be I think 48 hour brine instead of 24 because Sola told me I could and I will (laughs) and uh, bringing bringing MSG from home to, uh, to put in with the salt and sugar and pepper and stuff. Nice. 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 I'm always a pecan pie stan. Um, I love pies. Pies are the best desserts. I always make mac and cheese. I saw a <laughs> friend of the show, Rowan, uh, it's talked about this mac and cheese with like breadcrumb topping, but it's stuffing. And so mm, I'm definitely going to make yeah. that. I'm going to eat that up. Yeah, I'm just fucking excited. <laughs> I w- Here's the thing that people don't touch on on Thanksgiving is what do you eat the morning of Thanksgiving? That's true. And I've been trying to crack this for a very long time. The closest thing that I can think of is like some sort of like egg tart thing or like a jammy yolk, like something like somewhere like deviled eggs on one side or like a ramen type egg on the other side, some sort of egg thing. And then coffee with whiskey in it some sort of coffee cocktail is the thing i've been trying to crack for a very long time because coffee will inhibit your appetite while you're drinking and cooking so i've been trying to like crack the combination of whiskey cold brew maple i think the closest thing that we've figured out is like shaking cold brew some sort of creamer maple syrup and whiskey together like shake it as much as possible in a martini in a like a cocktail shaker if you have cold brew ice cubes as well that will be helpful and then pouring all of that in a rocks glass is the closest thing i've gotten so far tight uh if anyone likes cornbread go order your anson mills cornmeal now because it's the best yes. cornmeal of all time and i made it for the first time like last year and uh, i will never make any other kind of cornbread Hot damn. Oh, damn. I normally do the Trader Joe's box, which is like Me a sweeter too. cornbread, which I personally enjoy a lot. And it's but got I'm gonna little try chunks that of out. corn in it too, which is really oh, good. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's that's corn souffle, which is also delicious, but not, uh, yeah, not I, I'm. I'm not claiming that they're I'm not claiming that they're the same. I just very enjoy that. And Eric's mom does like a stuffing with cornbread um, that I love so much. 
Well, everybody, thank you so much for joining us for this after party. Thank you for your support. We, you know, record these episodes and we put them out and we're like, we hope you like it. So every single person who tweets and tags us on an Insta story and, you know, live blogs their episode in the Discord, we appreciate you so, so much. You make this, you know, this experience making this podcast what it is for us. So keep it coming. And we'll see you next week with a hot new episode. Things are gonna keep happening. Yep. Why? What happens? I don't know what you're talking about, Amanda. Nothing happens. It's all totally fine. We need to put that in our show description. Things keep happening. It's very yeah. good. They just they keep, do keep happening. happening. The Bye, things guys. stop coming. They don't stop Later. coming. Back to the rules. Oh, then then I, I hit, hit the, the ground. ground. May your rolls trend ever upward. So much to do. So much to see. We're going to get demonetized, Eric. Yeah. Yeah, no. I won't get five cents from my YouTube ads. Hey, now. You're an all-star. Get your game on. Go. We'll see you next week. Colanova is my superhero branded soda that <laughs> I put out. Love it. This has your face on it. Thank you. Thank you for giving me something to put at the end of the credits. <laughs> <laughs>